Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. doing because revelation can scare some people but revelations is life-changing I, I see the, the book totally different than when we first started studying it because I've learned something about revelations I learned the responsibility of salvation the responsibility of the salvation that we carry well let that sink in there's responsibility in your salvation. Amen. Salvation means being saved from the power of sin and from hell. The eternal penalty of that sin. Through the process of salvation, we are freed from everything that could prevent us from enjoying eternal life with God. God has given us a deposit of truth in the scriptures. And, and we are responsible for dispensing that truth as God sees fit. He's given us a mission. And that mission is to go out and share that word of God. To share that salvation with other people. And many of us have held on to that. We don't share it. We don't talk about it. We don't go out and, and dispense that truth. We're involved in missions, which is about people coming to faith. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we are responsible to study the word of God so that we will be able to share the word of God. If somebody can't pick that up this morning. If we're responsible by sharing the word, that means we're responsible for studying the word that we'll be able to share that word. Amen. For the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But he says, how then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? How many of you know that you are sent? You have been sent. You have all have a declaration to go out and share the word of God meaning you're all preachers you don't have a mic in your hand amen but you do have a declaration to go out and share the word of God it is our responsibility to go out with the word of God to go to those unbelieving those co-workers those that are in your neighborhood those family members those friends it is our job somebody say that's my job that is my job that is my mission to share the word it's what we call the mission ladder the save the call the call will believe because they hear with someone who was sent preached and it is those who are called that are sent to preach so that others will hear and believe because they too were called oh y'all getting this this morning that's what the church in philadelphia did there were two churches that received no rebuke from in revelations if you read about the churches you'll realize that there were churches that were rebuked and many were rebuked because they did certain things amen can you imagine you received a letter in the mail that read to the church and it's addressed to the loveless church can you imagine that that was addressed to your church it was addressed to your church and it came to the corrupt church that was addressed to your church and out of the seven letters that were addressed to the churches, only two didn't have a rebuke. 
if we talk about those churches we find that one of the churches was the church of Smyrna the church of Smyrna was thought to be the persecuted church it was addressed to the persecuted church they were suffering from persecution and 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 how so well, how do we talk about persecution it, 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 persecution is thought to bring us closer to God so through their persecution they were brought closer to God how many of you know when you are persecuted you seek God Oh, when things go wrong in your life, there's sickness in your life, there's problems in your life. The first thing we do is run to God. We run to God. And so God addressed this, this letter to the persecuted church. And there's nothing wrong with that. They were persecuted and they sought God. Amen. The Bible tells us in 34:18, Psalms 34:18, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. God is close to those who are persecuted so today if you're going through anything in your life there's some problems in your life things that you're going to you need to seek God because God is near to you when you're going through somebody say he's near to me now the other church did not receive abuse it's the church in Philadelphia they are called the faithful church somebody say the faithful church and they differ from the church in Smyrna because they because mainly because the church of Smyrna was purged by fire it was fire that kept them close to God it was fire because they were persecuted and many of us are close to God because of fire the problem is if fire keeps you close to God it's going to keep fire to keep you close to God and that's a problem that's a problem because it keeps persecution God has to keep persecution in your life in order to keep you close to him I don't want fire to have to keep me close to God I believe him somebody say I'm you know what I just believe I just believe and want to fire I want to follow him I don't need persecution Jesus I don't need you to send fire in my life to keep me close to you I just want to follow you and that's what this church in Philadelphia was saying we don't need persecution we just want to follow you I don't need a sentence to follow you I don't need an illness to follow you I want to follow you they followed him because they wanted to it's one thing to follow God when everything is falling apart it's another thing to follow God because you love him that much it's a difference between Job following God because God is because he's afraid and he's offering sacrifices out of fear for many of us life situations took us to our knees and then we followed God but there's some of us that just believed I don't want my relationship with God to be about fear and pain he wants us to follow him when we're either we're on the mountaintop are in the valley and this little church in Philadelphia was following God without persecution they followed because they were faithful this letter to Philadelphia was written to a church that needs no warning they need no persecution they need no one to call them every morning and say you coming to church today you know we miss you we know we know we looking for you when the last time you came when the last time you prayed they didn't need nobody to unction them to follow God 
they needed no warnings they needed no chastening they needed no threatening because here you have a true church as this letter is given it is given to the faithful church always these letters identify the church receiving it it identifies who they are and identifies their character and anybody is identified by their character hmm let's look at verse 7 it says write this to Philadelphia to the angel of the church the holy the true David's key in his hand opening doors no one can lock locking doors no one can open I love that he is God that opens doors that no one can close but I love the fact that he also closes doors that no one can open Ah, anybody been crying over doors that he closed I'm so glad he closed some doors in my life there were some doors that I wanted to walk in that now that I look back I'm so glad he closed that door because that door burned down that door was oh man that door got do not enter on it right now it got yellow tape all around it it got police wire on it now I'm so glad I didn't walk through that door and the doors that I walked through, nobody could stop me from walking through it. Because he's the one that opened it. Now, key is very simple symbol in scripture. Wherever you see a key, you can equate it with authority. God had the authority to open this door. God has the authority to close the door. No one else has the authority. He says, I have the key. I love the fact that no one else has a key for me but God. A key means authority. The word control means outriches. I'm the one that can bless you beyond measure. No man can do it. No man can stop my blessings. So how can we be sensitive to what God doors God is opening and closing? Because we look at things and we see a door closed and we think it was man that closed it. Or we see a door open and we think it was us that opened it. So we, there are three factors that we should consider when trying to determine if God is opening a door and closing the door. The first thing is this. Is it biblical? The first, the door that you think God is opening, is it scripturally correct? Is this something that God is saying in his word? Does it line up with his word? Because if the door is for me to walk into a strip club, and work in a strip club is that biblical is this something that God would want me to do is this God wants something God wants for my life and for me to live holy I don't know if this is biblical and you need to search his word to see if this open door is going to corrupt the spirit of God that is mm. y'all are picking this up this morning does that job stop you from walking in your calling does it take you from your family does it put a question mark on your sobriety ah you picking that up does it does you have you coming does it take you away from your sunday morning worship is this a open door or is this something that's going to destroy you is it biblical the second thing is, is there a need? You find that when God opens a door, there is a scriptural need 
that when he opens a door, he's not just opening a door for you to, to walk in your flesh and have something. But when he opens a door, there is a need, not just for you, but for the people around you. For example, uh, uh, a pastor may want to, go to open a church, but then he'll look in the community and say, is there a need? Hmm. We need to look and see who God is and who God has put in your midst. If there's a number of single moms or mothers in your, in your midst, then maybe there is a ministry for single mothers in your midst. But if you just want to start a ministry to just to start a ministry, is there a need? Hmm. Is this an open door or is this a fleshly desire? Do you really need extra money or are you running from responsibilities at home? Is this a need? The third thing is this, and it's one of the most important. Is it a desire of your heart? As you draw closer to Christ and to God, conforming you like Christ, you'll realize that what you want and desire will line up to his desires. So if your desires in your life have still not lined up biblically, and it's still not lining up scripturally, and it's still not they're still not finding the need then guess what your desires have not lined up with his verse 7 he introduced himself as the holy and then says who is true who is holy who is true and you'll find the combination all through his word he encourages the Philadelphia folks by saying I am absolutely holy I put a premium on truth and my holiness and my truth have examined you that's good that's, that's really good y'all look like uh huh he's saying my holiness and my truth have examined you and has looked through your desires and it finds uh, that your desires don't line up with mine The things that you're asking for, you want a new car, but you don't want a new car to go to church. You don't want a new car to follow me. You just want a new car so you can go around and look important and look like you got it all together. You don't need a car because your car is going to get you in trouble. Your desires haven't lined up. Your desires haven't lined up. It's still not right. You're still not right. You're still not right. You, you, you want a better job, but your better job is going to put more money in your pocket for you to do something wrong with. It, it still haven't lined up. It still haven't lined up. You, you, you're you not lining up. Every time you get a job, you never give. So because you never give, God has not given you any increase in your life. So why would he increase you when you can't do right with the little? No, your desires haven't lined up. Your desires haven't lined up. You're still selfish. You still never give. You still look at things the wrong way. You still got a mouth on you that ain't right. You still haven't lined up. So you're so sad when things don't line up in your life. It's because God is the one that closes the door. And you keep walking around trying to find keys to open doors that he closed. Guess what? Ain't no door going to open for you. He won't open that door 
he won't open that door because your heart's not right your mind's not right your mouth won't shut up and you just can't move We want people to say, oh, well, he, I'm human. I make mistakes and, and I struggle. But guess what? He says that this church did not have a rebuke. This church didn't have anything wrong with it. Well, we go around saying, well, we all human and we all make mistakes and we all do this. But I, I, I have a, 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 something against that statement because this was the faithful church that did not have a rebuke. It did not have anything against it. God said, I did not have anything against this church. It had no chastening. Revelation 3a says, I see what you have done. I see what I've done. I've opened the door before you that no one can slam shut. I don't have, you don't have much strength. I know that you used what you had to keep my word. You did not deny me when times were rough. Oh, my God. He said, you used the little strength that you had to keep my word. Even when times was rough. Even when they had an excuse on where they could fail. He said, you didn't fail even when times was bad. Even when you had an excuse, you didn't do it let us have an excuse I realize that we flaky we, we just flaky things go wrong in our life and we just flake out he says it was because when the rough times came in your life you stuck it out with me you kept my word and when others gave up and, and gave in because God has begun to open doors some doors are getting ready to open because you have been faithful somebody say yeah that's me yeah that's me uh, <laughs> this is my message right here I've been waiting Revelation 3 9 he says and watch as I take those who call themselves true believers but are nothing of the kind pretenders those who, who membership is in the club of Satan watch as I strip off their pretensions and as they are forced to acknowledge it you have I've loved he said they were some flaky people he said they called themselves true believers but they were nothing of the kind they were pretenders those who true membership with the club of Satan and I'm going to strip off their pretension he says this church is faithful but when I begin to talk about this fake church and anything fake is revealed to be fake when fire comes <laughs> anything anytime fire comes it reveals the fakeness anytime hard times come it shows who is real and who's not that's when the flaky people run that's when the flaky people reveal their flakiness when the problems and circumstances come they run when, they, when they're asked to do something they disappear when they say it's time to give they run outside and smoke or they run to the bathroom or they disappear oh there it is there it is It's time to flake out. 
We should give some shirts out to flake out. They talk a good game, but don't back it up. They say they can sing, but then when you give them a mic, they disappear. Oh, they flake out. Oh, they throw get sore real fast. They volunteer for stuff, but then don't show up. And when they show up, it's at the last minute. They always call out on work on payday. They flake it. Oh, this new breed of Christian tend to get on my nerves. Draw me up the wall. We so flaky. Ah, can I give you the definition of flakiness? Flakiness is an unreliable person, a procrastinator, a careless or lazy person. They are dishonest and don't keep to their word. They'll tell you they're going to do one thing and never do it. They'll tell you they're going to meet you somewhere and never show up. Or they show up an hour later. They don't show up at all. They flaky. Proverbs 13.4 says the soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. I want to be diligent. I want to be richly supplied. I want to run after everything God has for me. I'm so tired of flaky people that sit around and say what they want. Say what they going to do and do nothing. Woo! I'm going to need my deacons to follow me out this place today. I'm going to need you to follow me because I'm coming in people's house today. They crave a better job, but all they do is talk about it. They want to write a book, but they don't want to write. They want to go back to school, but they won't even fill out the paperwork. They talk a good game, but they always flake out. They flake out when it means they got to lose sleep. They'll rather sleep. They'll rather sleep than get their dreams taken care of. They just talk about dreams. Every time they go to jail, they talk about what I'm going to do when I get out. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to serve God. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to get out of this place. Why did I get out of this place? And when they get out, they flake out. When I get out of treatment this time, I'm going to get right with my family. When I get out of treatment this time, I'm going to do this. When I get out of the treatment this time, I'm going to give me a good job. And then they flake out. I'm really going to get my word this week. I'm really going to do this. Oh, it's fast. I'm really going to fast this time. I'm really going to go in this fast. I'm going to really, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to, ah, but then they flake out. That's why the Bible says be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's not enough just to know the word. He needs followers. Followers of Jesus must also live it. Part of that means keeping your word, not being flaky. Numbers 32 says this. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself to a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that he proceeds out of his mouth. Just so you know, that means everybody. It don't just mean men. That means women too. We want them open doors. Oh God, why you ain't open no doors for me? Why I'm going to open the door for you so you can flake out and then blame God. 
God said, I'm going to open doors for people that's going to walk through them and do something with it. That's why your door's still closed. You looking at it. And God said, do not enter. You want to serve God by your own rules. You want things handed to you without paying any cost. You want leadership positions that you refuse to sacrifice for. Always talking about what you called to do. I'm not called to that. I'm not called to that. I'm called to this. I'm, you ain't called to nothing. Because you never answered the call. God wants to stretch you. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. If you sow flakiness, you ain't going to get nothing. God is calling you to be faithful. You're saying that's not me. I'm so glad I'm not flaky. Oh, you may be flaky if often promise more than you can deliver. You often cancel plans without a reason. Often arrive late. Take forever to return a call. Always talk about what you used to do. Always talk saying that they didn't know about something even though I heard about it in the announcement. You got the text, you got an email, and you saw it on social media, but you didn't know about it. You might be flaky. Revelations 3.10 says this, because you kept my word in passionate patience, I will keep you safe in the time of testing that will be here soon. And all over the earth, every man and woman and child put to test. He says this, passionate patience. The word passion is derivative from the Latin meaning suffering. This is also a reason why Jesus' days leading up to his crucifixion, his crucifixion is known as passion and then he says patience he says the quality of being patient as bearing a proclamation, annoyance misfortune or pain without complaint a loss of temper or irritation or the like another definition says patience is the ability or willingness to suppress relentlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay so what is passionate patience it is living in hard times, sometimes with a smile. Realizing God still has you wrapped in his love, making you more like Jesus. See, many of us are unable to pay the cost for things we say we want and say that we're passionate about, including the things of God, because we don't have the patience. And because we don't have the patience, we flake out and struggle and sacrifice, this church remained faithful. And because they were faithful, God opened the doors that needed to be opened for them. You see, there's no in-between. Either you're faithful or you're unfaithful. Either you're faithful or you're flaky. And many people fail for the facade of fakers that aren't faithful. But the Bible makes it clear the Lord knows those that are his. You may fake and you may fool some, but you ain't going to fool God. You seriously think God don't know you don't pray? 
You seriously think God knows you don't spend time in his word? Do you seriously think God knows you have and don't give? You seriously think God knows you're not a generous person? You seriously think God knows, doesn't know who you are? He knows. There's three ways that you, three things that I want you to take away from today, three ways not to be flaky. The first thing is this, to keep your promises. The Bible says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. It's not enough to just know about the know about God and know about the, the, know about His Word, but we got to be followers also. We have to live this thing. Part of that means keeping your word and not being flaky. The Bible says this in Numbers thirty-two. It says, "If a man vows a vow or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word." He shall, not, he shall do according to all that he proceeds out of his mouth. That means we got to keep what we say we're going to do. That's the measure of a godly man and woman. Basically what he's saying is let your yes be yes and your no be no. The second thing is this, to overcome. Overcome not just the world's attack, overcome your own stuff your past your fears your anxiety guess what there's times in our life that we just don't feel like it there's times we don't feel like going there's times that we don't feel like doing but that's the times that we have to push ourselves to say you know what I made a commitment I said I was going to do and that's when we have to get up and move amen because that's who we are trying to be men and women of our word. Can I get that? Out? Amen? Amen. Men and women of our word. Amen. And he says this in Revelation 3 9. He says, Because you kept my command and persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. To persevere means to remain steadfast. That whenever the trials do come, that you stand no matter what. Stand in the trials. Stand in with the fire that comes after you. He said this little church didn't have much strength at all, but they stood. Amen. The third thing is this, and Derek can come back. Be unwavering in your belief in God. No matter what happens, you must stay strong and immovable in our belief in him who made us and saved us and called us in his own very own. We have to believe that he loves us that much, that he cares about us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm unwavering in my belief in him. Despite what the world throws at me, despite even what I do wrong, I am unwavering in my belief in him. And guess what? That continuously pushes me to know more about him, to learn more about him, and to do better in my life because that's what I need. I need more of him. Anybody need more of him than him? I got to have more of him. The more that I have of him, the better person I become the better leader I become, the better husband I become, 
the better man I become, the better father I become, the better son I become because I got more of him in my life. That's what we need. Revelations 3.12 says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? He says, I claim you. You know why he claims you? Because you claimed him. And everything that you do, you said, I am faithful to you. You said yes to him. I love the fact that he says, I can open doors. The doors that he opened, one of the things that he's saying is that you have to walk through those doors. Anybody had a door open for them in your life and now you look back and you realize it was God that opened that door but you just didn't walk through it? There were so many doors that I know God opened for me but I didn't have the faith to walk through it. And I'm reminded of the scripture in Matthew 27, 51. And it says, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the city and appeared to many. This is amazing scripture, and it talks about his res resurrection, and, and that when he was resurrected, that the graves were split open, and that many, many saints that were asleep rose again, but they stood at the graves for three days. And it, it made me think, how many times have graves been opened in my life? Graves been opened and we stood at the door of open graves and did not walk out of them. How many times have cells been opened in our life, prison cells that we should have walked right out of and then we just stood at them and didn't walk out? Maybe you didn't walk out because of fear. Maybe you didn't walk out because you didn't know what was on the other side of that cell, the other side of that, that grave. But God is calling us today. He's saying, I'm opening your graves. I am opening the thing that had you bound, the thing that you thought that you were going to lay dead in. He's saying today that I am opening your graves. I am opening your grave so that you can live now the issue is this will you have the faith to walk out of that open grave will you have the faith to walk out of it do you have the belief that God opened what had me bound what had me lying dead in it he raised me up and now I have the ability to walk out what had me bound today is your day to walk out what had you bound would you stand to your feet today
No more will I stand in open graves. No more will I stand in my depression. No more will I stand in my addiction. God healed me from addiction. God healed me from my depression. He healed me from my anxiety. He healed me from suicidal thoughts. He healed me from it. And I refuse to stand in open graves. I refuse to stand in something that I've been healed from. I refuse to stand in it. Today is my day where I walk out. Somebody step out and say, I'm walking out of that thing. I'm walking out of those graves. I'm walking out of what had me bound. Today I'm walking out. 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 I need to walk out. I have to walk out. Would you lift your hands to God this morning? Father God, you see every hand raised in this place. Those that are saying, God, we stand ready to walk out every grave. We stand ready to walk out every jail cell, God. Everything that held us bound, everything that held us back, God. Today, Lord, we refuse to be flaky. Somebody say flaky no more. Flaky no more. Today, God, we walk in everything that you have. Open our doors, God, that we can be free in you. Father God, we love you today and we thank you and we worship you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. Let's worship.